0: Hello baseball fans and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012 and today's date is Sunday, the 25th day of September 2016 and I'm your host Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully you could probably figure out I'm outside. I'm recording this while standing on the edge of Johnny Carson Park in Burbank, California the birthplace of former Baltimore Orioles and California Angels third baseman Doug Desenseis and looking right across from what is now called the Burbank Studios, what used to be NBC Studios, and the host, uh, the the home of the Tonight Show, with Johnny Carson and with Jay Leno. Um, I I pick this. This is sometimes I pick a location to do a podcast, and there's a certain amount of I don't want to say randomness, but it's it's just my life that I happen to be wherever I happen to be at that point. You know, like if I do something from a grocery store or I do something from my car or I do something from this weird location or that weird location, it's because I happen to be there and it happens to be the time for me to record my podcast. But today, I, I'm i here in Southern California today and I, I sought out this place specifically. Even though it's not the best for sound, cars are zooming by me right now, there's a reason why I picked Johnny Carson Park to record this Sunday's show, because Johnny Carson, for those of you who are too young to remember, was the king of late night, undisputed, one of the greatest legends in the history of television. Wrote the book on how to be a late night talk show host and has a tremendous shadow that to this day is cast upon how people do be a, a late night talk show host. Now I will argue, and I talked about this in a previous podcast, that I think David Letterman has a stronger influence on the current crop of late night talk show hosts, but... It was Carson who helped lay down the foundation that became Letterman. Okay, this is not going to be a late-night discussion, but when he retired in 1992, the he was the host of *Tonight Show* for what was it 30 years? However long it was, yeah, it was 30 years, and the cascade of platitudes and and. Compliments and titles and leg- discussion of his legacy just overflowed. And it became almost impossible, and it almost in a way is to this day impossible to say anything negative about him because his legacy was so strong and so powerful that you gotta say, let's see, he was Johnny. And we're wrapping up today. Another career of a broadcaster who started in New York because The Tonight Show began in New York and came to Los Angeles and has been there for so many years and so many generations that you will... It it, it parallels Johnny Carson, and that's Vin Scully retiring as the announcer of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, I'm going to tie this into the Sunday request, because it is Sunday, and I got someone who sent me a tweet via Twitter, which is, I guess, how you send tweets, and Planeta Baseball, which covers a lot of the baseball... Outside of the United States, it's the Planet Baseball, and tremendous follower. Uh, that's a great feed, by the way. Follow Planeta Baseball, and they've been loyal listeners and fans of the podcast for a long time. They wrote, and I and I wish I knew the accent of which the the curators of Planeta Baseball uh, you know use. But anyway, uh, and he wrote wrote this the other day. Let me tell you, dear friends, our pal Sully Baseball is like our Vin Scully of Baseball Podcast. He's amazing, always got a story to tell. And I was touched by that. I really was. Uh, was, It's nice to know that you know, if you're going to compare me to Vince Scully, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it with an incredible grain of salt. But who knows? I may do this for so long, and maybe someday this will really catch on. And someone will look at me, and they'll, they'll, they'll be the point where you can't say something bad about Sully. You can't. You just can't, because he's done it every single day since October 24th, 2012, and here we are in the year 2072. He's about to turn 100 years old, and he still gets behind the microphone and talks about baseball every single day. I wonder how long I'm going to do this every day. But I thank you, buddy. And you know, and I know that he was writing a whole bunch of tweets about Vin Scully. And tying me into it, I just tickled by. And my ego, you know, your pal Sully's has had an up-and-down year for the old ego. And having someone type that was, uh, eh, let's just say, I appreciated it. Um, I'm going to say a couple of things here about Vin Scully. I've had people, several people write tweets to me saying, what are you doing to celebrate Vin Scully? You know, like it's Thanksgiving. Or what are you going to, you know, what do you have to say about it? And I, I've been kind of reserved in saying something because, you know, here in California, certainly here in Southern California, it's been a non-stop Vin Scully loveathon. And, uh, you know, and, and he des- certainly deserves all the great salutes. Uh, someone at my work asked me, said, what I thought, I said, "Oh," and I said, "It's great," and he's uh, uh, he's uh, going out in style. And they said to me, "He's the person at my work said to me, he's undoubtedly the greatest baseball broadcaster of all time, right?" And I stopped, and I and I people are always quick when it's the end of someone's career to say, "Hey." Uh, they're the best of all time. And if you don't compliment them enough, if you're not effusive enough, it's somehow insulting. Of which I said, absolutely top five. Now think about what that means. I said he's in the top five of baseball announcers of all time. There are 30 baseball teams... And going back to the 1930s, there's I mean you can't count the number of announcers that have got behind a microphone. And so I said, my opinion, certainly top five. Being the top five of anything is an honor. I hope I'm the top five of daily baseball podcasters. And you're saying you are the top five. You're on the one hand, counting. You're on the hand. We haven't moved on to the second hand. Talk about how great you are. And I have no doubt, I have no problem saying top five. But I, you would have thought I had said Vin sucks. S-U-X. Vin Scully, that guy's just, he's the worst. Screw! I'm glad he's retired. You would have thought I'd say it because he kept coming up to me. Man, you're tough on Vin Scully. You're tough on Vin. You're tough on Vin Scully. Tough! I put him on the top five! And And the only reason I say that is he very well could be. He very well could be. But I don't want to give him the throne without some thought and consideration, and consideration of some of the other great people who have been behind the microphone. Jack Buck was a great announcer. Brickhouse, great announcer. Ernie Harwell, great announcer. Now, I happen to love Phil Rizzuto. I know a lot of people don't. I think the entertainment quality of Phil Rizzuto was through the roof. Was he? Did he give great baseball analysis? No. But he was fun as hell to. It was fun as hell to watch a game with him. Now, if you would say, "Who's the greatest announcer of all time?" instantly say Vince Scully. I think there are times. You could make the argument that he wasn't even the best announcer in the booth he was sitting in when he was sharing the microphone with Joe Garagiola. You could make an extraordinarily compelling case that Joe Garagiola, easy for you to say, was the greatest announcer of all time. Absolutely. Just like how Carson, As I'm in his park laid down the foundation for Dave Letterman Red Barber laid down the foundation For Vince Scully Am I going to toss Am I not going to include Red Barber In the conversation Now of course some of these I didn't listen to Day to day So I, I was not privy to that I was very fortunate to listen to Ernie Harwell I was very fortunate to listen to Ned Martin Growing up now, my cousin Dave is going to throw something at me because he would probably want me to mention Bob Murphy. Uh, no. Uh, I'll just say Bob Murphy does not enter my top five. Do you know who does? John freaking Miller of the Giants. Correctly. And he's announced many great games for ESPN. And he was the announcer for Baltimore all those years. For a long time, he was a announcer for the Red Sox. I I put him in the top five. He is one of the best announcers I have ever heard in my life. Is he better than Vin Scully? I don't know. They're on the they're on the hand. For if you're try your goal is to get on the hand. And so, you know, part of this is the the longevity that he's had. Tony Kubek was a great announcer. Great announcer. But he wasn't associated with a team for as long as Vin Scully was. Just like Johnny Carson, part of his legacy, when people talk about Carson's legacy, they talk about the 30 years that he was behind the desk. Well, he was losing it by the end. He wasn't as sharp by the end. But he also had the spectacular finish, the last show where he had Rob, the last, the second to last show where he had Robin Williams and Bette Midler, and then the final show which was him alone. He ended with just a spectacular fireworks and then walked away. And so with Vin, he's finishing with a Dodger team that's about to win four straight division titles, and who knows what they're going to do in October. And so he gets to walk away on top. And so he's not dawdling around. He's not like, he, he didn't do something like Howard Cosell and say something inadvertently racist or racially insensitive. And that's how I phrase it with Cosell, because he was a very progressive man who said something that was racially ignorant. And it cost him his job, and I think a lot of people were just wanted at that point, looking to push Cosell out. Cosell was a great sports broadcaster. Who knows what Bob? if Bob Costas had just focused his life to becoming a baseball announcer, as he was a protege of Vince Scully in the whole NBC uh, Game of the Week crowd, he may have developed into being one of the great baseball announcers. Instead, he's become a great broadcaster with you know, the interview shows and the Olympics and everything. He's become more of a Jim McKay than a Vince Scully but Vince Scully's great Uh, but I'm not I'm not always quick to the tidal wave of calling someone the greatest of all time because of the enthusiasm of the goodbyes you saw that with the Derek Jeter goodbyes and with some of the people you actually heard people saying is he the greatest Yankee of all time I'm sorry uh, Jeter's probably is Jeter on the hand I don't know Ruth, Gehrig DiMaggio, he may make it to the hand, but uh, no. The answer is no. You saw the same thing happen with Cal Ripken. And people were like, oh, what's going to happen to baseball when Cal Ripken's gone? Well, it'll keep going. It'll keep going. Now, what is interesting, and I think this is truly. The legacy of Vin Scully and the reason why he's made it to the hand is when you consider something that I constantly bring up in this podcast, and that is baseball thrives on, if not the reality of this, think perpetuating the illusion of timelessness, that it exists in the past, the present, and the future simultaneously. You're Every player, you know, they're wearing the uniforms that harken back to the past. The history of the team is always hanging over every franchise that plays, which is one reason why people get upset when you change the uniform. No, 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 no! Don't ruin it for me. The past is hanging over the Cubs this year, the Indians this year, the Mets, the you know the uh, uh, you know the Dodgers this year. And will this batch of great Dodgers, especially Clayton Kershaw, enter the pantheon of Dodger heroes of which they need to win a pennant for that? Winning these division titles is starting to get a little old. You know, when you talk about the Washington Nationals, their connection to Montreal, but also the city of Washington hasn't had its world championship since 1924, hasn't seen a pennant since 1933. The fact that these years can be brought up, the, those showing of the 1908 World Series with the Cubs, this hangs over teams. Lord knows, as a Red Sox fan, I saw that hang over the Red Sox all of those years. So... You're thinking about the past while watching the present with an eye on the future. Future stars. What's going to happen next? What are we going to do now? What's going to happen after this game? If this happens, what happens in the next game? It all happens at once. And one of the ways that you can have the illusion of that timelessness are the constants. And I mentioned Johnny Carson's career. His time with The Tonight Show began, what, 10 years after Vin Scully started announcing Dodger games? And ended, what, 25 years? 25 years (laughs) before Vin Scully hung him up. Carson started after Vin st- Carson started after Vin Scully began his job and a quarter century passed and Carson's been dead for 10 years and Vin keeps going. That's of course the greatest one of the great arguments to have Vin on the hand. And for Dodger fans in Los Angeles, there's never been a year where Vin hasn't been announcing. When they arrived here from Brooklyn and they played the first few years at the Coliseum and won that surprise World Series in 1959, Duke Snyder was still on the team. Pee Wee Reese was still on the team. You know, he announced the Roy Campanella night where they lit up all the the lights. Think of every player who was a star in L.A., who I just mentioned, to Drysdale and Koufax and Maury Wills and Don Sutton and Steve Garvey and the great infield, the great one of the great infields of all time, of Say, Lopes, Garvey and Russell, Valenzuela, the Mike Sosha homer, the Kirk Gibson homer, the Oral Hershiser, through Mike Piazza, through the, the, the Finley home run to clinch the division, through Manny Ramirez and Joe Torrey, through Clayton Kershaw, all of those times has been narrated by Vin Scully. And this hit me today that one of the reasons why it's sad to see Vin go is because he was the announcer of the Brooklyn Dodgers. And because of that, there always was a link... To Brooklyn, and even though they've been in LA since 1958, I'd never have known the Brooklyn Dodgers. I was born in '72, but there was always a link, like a tentative fingernail still stuck in Brooklyn that there is a little bit of the Brooklyn Dodgers that is, that is there because Vin Scully, a Fordham guy, came in and was <coughs> excuse me, the protege of Red Barber. And so you can say the voice I'm listening to is the same voice I would have heard if I were in Brooklyn, and now that's going to be gone after these games. And so I get it. I get it. I understand why he's celebrated. He should be celebrated. I understand why we should be happy that we feel that we feel so lucky that we've been able to have this great connection. I do. Absolutely. Just because I don't automatically call him the greatest of all time doesn't mean I'm insulting him. He's on the hand. Someone said to me. I think his call of the Kirk Gibson home run was the greatest baseball call of all time. And I said, no, I don't think it's even the best call of the Kirk Gibson home run. Because I prefer Jack Buck's call of the I don't believe what I just saw. That's one of, I, I get goosebumps whenever I hear that. Vince is great. The moment was great. You know... It occurred to me maybe part of this is I didn't grow up with Vin Scully I didn't I grew up listening to Ned Martin and I grew up listening to Ken Coleman I never was a huge fan of Ken Coleman, may he rest in peace I grew up listening to Dick Stockton and Joe Castiglione a little bit of Ken Harrelson a little bit of John Miller for a few years, there was Rico Petroselli in there, but the, if there was a if there was a narrator of my summers, it was Ned Martin, and for a big chunk of that time, Bob Montgomery. So uh, that's who I listened to, and then I would also hear uh, Phil, when I'd go visit Connecticut, I would listen to Phil Rizzuto and. Bill White and Frank Messer, and Tom Seaver, who was a super underrated uh, announcer. And so my summers were not narrated by Vin Scully. They weren't. And my first real introduction to Vince Scully, I'm sure I'd heard him before, listening to games and everything like that, uh, when he did the World Series games and everything. But my first real visceral memories of Vin Scully was the 1986 World Series, which was the most painful, heartbreaking, soul-crushing moment of my early sports life. It was Vin Scully who narrated my heartbreak, and for years... The cadence of his voice, which all the announcers try to do, and friends, I'm not doing an impersonation, I'm just saying that there's a certain rhythm that you hear from announcers all over the country trying to do what Vin does. That rhythm, that cadence, and his specific voice for a long time was the sound of my heartbreaking was the sound of my sadness so forgive me if I don't automatically put him on top of the mountain because I've been carried in the riptide of the love and the celebration of his retirement he deserves accolades he deserves our respect. Damn it, he's on the hand. And that's a great honor. And someday I hope to be on the hand of daily baseball podcasters around the world. And Planeta Baseball, thanks for <laughs> thanks for the strange and flattering comparison. If you have something you want me to talk about, send it to me via Twitter at Sully Baseball. You can go to SullyBaseball.com. If you want to see the up-to-date listings of who owns baseball, go to MLBReports.com. You can go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, so Instagram, iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. Uh, I'm everywhere. YouTube. Uh, if you want to go to Instagram, check me out at SullyBaseballPodcast. That's the listing there. If you want to be old school, send me an email at info at SullyBaseball.com. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kalisky. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for Sunday, the 25th day of September, standing alongside the road like a maniac at Johnny Carson Park saying, do you know what, Vin Scully, your pal Sully salutes you, you're in the top five, and you can call me Sully. Vin Sully. Vin Scully. Eh.